525th episode of Travel It's Radio. I'm your host, Dan Schlossberg, along with co-host Mary Ellen Newton-Lee, who is also our scriptwriter. And we are in the 12th season of Travel It's Radio, the show that lets you enjoy the pleasures of travel from the comfort of your armchair. Every week at this time, we talk to people representing destinations, hotels, airlines, railroads, car rental companies, and others in the world of travel and hospitality, from authors and bloggers to broadcasters and publicists. If it's got anything to do with travel, it's got everything to do with Travelitch Radio. And tonight, we're talking about Cleveland with our guest, John Skirdick, Chief of Special Projects and Collections at Cleveland Public Library. Welcome, John, to Travelitch Radio. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. You know, the Drew Carey Show is widely credited with putting Cleveland on the map with its anthem, Cleveland Rocks, but the city actually was founded in 1796. What has made Cleveland rock for more than 200 years? Well, we got that moniker uh, way back when Alan Freed, uh, a small, um, uh, in a a record revolution, a small record store downtown Cleveland started playing uh, rock and roll records and and uh, kind of put us on the map to become the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and the Rock and Roll Hall City, and all these kids were kind of transitioning out of jazz, and uh, a couple of people took some uh, took some uh, risks and started playing rock music, and it caught on so much, and, uh, you know, it then took over the world from there. This year, for the first time ever, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction ceremony will be streamed live on November 3rd on Disney+. Plus but fans can always get their fill of music legends and lore at the museum. What is a can't-miss for rockers? Well, right now they have a wonderful exhibit. It's the 50th anniversary of hip-hop, and they have a great exhibit at the Rock Hall. Uh, The library that I work at, we just worked with them. We brought some old-school hip-hop artists to the library. Uh, Bone Thugs and Harmony are a great Cleveland band. They sold uh, millions of albums, so... uh, they're always doing amazing things at the Rock Hall. We work with the schools and the library and Rock Hall to do programming and have kids go and make their own music. It's always really fun. The Cleveland Public Library and its branches are designated as landmarks in the city. Tell us a little about the library's amazing history. Sure. So we are the third largest uh, uh, research library in the United States. We hold 11 million items. Um, we were started in 1869, so we're 154 years old. Uh, very proud of our library system. We have 27 branches throughout the city of Cleveland, so within a mile and a half of every Cleveland resident, uh, you can get to one of your neighborhood libraries. So um, just an, a, a fantastic place for families, for researchers, um, just, just for everyone, and everybody in the city knows Cleveland, and uh, they've supported us through tax levies, so an amazing system. Bob Hope was part owner of the Indians for 40 years, even landing on a Sports Illustrated cover in a Cleveland hat. And the Cleveland Public Library has the second largest collection of baseball memorabilia after Cooperstown. Do you have that Sports Illustrated in your collection? And what are your some of the other highlights? Um, yeah, we definitely have that. So, you know, Bob Hope, part owner of the Indians at one time. Um, he's a legend. He was there at the, singing at the last uh, game at Municipal Stadium. I was at that uh, so, uh, you know, Bob Hope's from Cleveland, um, and we do have that Sports Illustrated. I think it might have been the 1960s. I just remember the yellow cover with Bob on there. Um, we have a lot of wonderful things in our Cleveland Sports Research Center in our library. 
that highlights baseball, you know, from the first uh, box score going back from uh, clipping files. We have two great collections from the Mears and Murdoch donation, which uh, really highlights amazing baseball resources. So I'm always doing baseball research uh, for the library and for uh, Sabre members across the country. Um, so, you know, just uh, I just I could go on and on about some of our baseball treasures. One uh, known before the All-Star game was a, uh, a great um, game at the League Park, a local park in town, and they had uh, Ty Cobb there and Babe Ruth, and it's kind of considered the first All-Star game was right in town, and uh, it's an amazing history. We have a box score from that a lot of people like to come and look at. If I'm not mistaken, League Park is the oldest, built in 1891, once called Dunfield, baseball's oldest existing major league ball ground, and now it's home to the Baseball Heritage Museum, as you mentioned. What can visitors see there? Oh, it's a fantastic place. I'm on the advisory board for uh, League Park and very proud of, we have a library, brand new library at the Huff Branch across from there. They're constantly doing new exhibits at their location. Um, so, you know, um, they can be doing Cuban baseball players. I was just in Kansas City at the Negro League Baseball Heritage Museum and uh, I was very proud of our League Park. We have something uh, equivalent that tells the story of how Cleveland is a big baseball city and all of the greats played there, including Babe Ruth hit, hit, hit some of his milestone home runs. And it was before, uh, you know, we built the huge municipal stadium in Cleveland. Uh, so League Park welcomes in, you know, kids and adults and tells the story of what baseball meant to the community. And uh, it, it's just wonderful, the programs that they're putting on there uh, every month. And it seems like baseball is in Cleveland's DNA. The 2019 Major League Baseball All-Star Game was hosted by the Cleveland Indians. That's when they had a good nickname and played a progressive field. It was the sixth All-Star Game in Cleveland, establishing the Indians as a team to have hosted the most All-Star Games. What were some of the factors that led to the city being chosen to host the Midsummer Classic? Well, we're really excited when that came. You know, in 2016, we had a really wonderful year um, going to the World Series. Still a lot of... A lot of, um, I, I guess the Major League Baseball commissioner saw that Cleveland, you know, at one time we sold out the most games, uh, 455 in the 90s. We had powerhouses, teams, and uh, Cleveland sometimes people don't think of it as a baseball town, but it is, as you said, it's in our DNA. It's the, the team is beloved, and uh, people come out. You put some good on the field, and we show up, and I think, uh, you know, they, we had a lot of uh, adjustments at the stadium, and really, it really looked good during uh 2017 and 18 so we were lucky to get that and it was a wonderful day just really enlivened the city and you can see how we were a baseball town there well i know the stadium is close to the lake and one time a flock of ducks landed on, on the field during a game and fran healy <laughs> broadcasting for toronto said that's the first time i've seen a foul on terror territory <laughs> <laughs> Okay, moving on. The library regularly hosts the Cleveland Sports Icon interview series conducted by longtime Cleveland sportscaster Dan Coughlin. What are some upcoming interviews plus past conversations that library visitors can access? Oh, it's a wonderful series. I, I was the manager of this department. In 2008, we started this program. I, I did the first couple, and I heard myself, and I said, you know, I need an expert. So <laughs> I scrapped that and got Dan Coughlin, a, a local guy who was a really expert, remembers every play, is a great sports writer for a half a century here in town. And he uh, has all the connections, so I work with him to invite, you know, um, people who've retired and some local people, some great sports. Uh, we had Harrison Dillard, a golden member 
a gold uh, uh, medal Olympic. Uh, he was our first one, and now we've done 51 in the can from local wrestling coaches to uh, Mike Hargrove, the old Indians manager, to uh, Cleveland Cavaliers announcers and players. Uh, we have tennis stars, ice skaters. So anything in the world of sports, um, we make sure to do an interview for the local historic record because that's what we do at the library. We want to preserve local history. So really proud of that. And we're going to – I just told Dan, he's getting a little older. He said, hey, can I do these at my house? I said, yep, I'm going to buy some uh, recording, and we'll bring the people to you. So we'll keep it going and uh, look on the library's website, and you can see who's up next. Well, Mike Hargrove, you just mentioned, was nicknamed the human rain delay because he had all these machinations he did when he came to bat. Do you remember that? Oh yeah, we were. Te- we always tease him, and he says he still gets it. He's, everyone still calls him the Human Rain Delay. Wonderful man, and he was a great coach, and almost got us to the promised land twice there. So we love him here. And earlier you mentioned Saber, and our listeners might not know what that is. That's the Society for American Baseball Research. I've been a member of that group since 1981. So it's a great wow. group of historians and researchers and writers. Really, really good, good people. And by the way, Saber headquarters used to be in Cleveland. Started here in Cleveland, yeah. I was mad when they left. I was yelling at those guys. I said, "Don't leave. You, you belong here." <laughs> but they're wonderful people. And uh, do yeah, Morris Eckhouse. Morris Eckhouse, Morris. great guy. Yeah, he just uh, we just did a big saber program where he spoke uh, last month here. Yeah, he's a great, great author. Okay, the library also has one of the country's largest canine collections that rivals that of the American Kennel Club. How did the library end up going to the dogs? Uh, so we've had, uh, we have um, 11 million items. We have amazing collections, the world's largest chess library, the world, uh, you know, as we mentioned, the baseball and the dog collection we got in the 19, late 1920s. And uh, just some wonderful people donated these great gifts. Uh, it was a gentleman from California bequeathed his collection um, circulating more than, uh, you know, 6,000 items. And people still use it today, um, you know, to look at, uh, British dog journals, show catalogs, breed club, breed club publications. And we have all this on microfilm. And any time a book on dogs comes out, Cleveland Public Library buys it so that somewhere in the world you can get the most rare information on pup, pups and dogs <laughs> at our library. So you took a new leash on life. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking with John Sturdick about Cleveland. John, Cleveland is uniquely positioned to thrive in the new era of the mid-sized metropolis. Why? I think it goes back to our roots. You know, we were at one time the fifth largest city, then the sixth, and, you know, uh, whatever the reasons, the vicissitudes of fate, you know, people left uh, Cleveland, but we're still a very large area that has amazing amenities built by, you know, sort of our grandparents. And uh, we're, you know, we're, we're positioned for greatness because we have this wonderful Cuyahoga River and the lake and the metro parks. Everything's interconnected. You can get everywhere very quickly. Uh, people that, uh, you know, leave here often come back because they go to a different place and they say, oh, my goodness, I had it all there. And you can have a cheap uh, place to live and, you know, world-class libraries and art museums and uh, a little bit of everything. So we're very proud of that. And if you're from here, you get it. And I think a lot of people, when they visit, would be shocked at the amazing things they'd find here. And we've mentioned Drew Carey and Bob Hope, both Cleveland natives. Is there any other celebrity name-dropping that you can do? 
Oh, yeah. Where is that? Um, geez, there's so many. Uh, Arsenio Hall was from here, Halle Berry, um, Tracy Chapman, uh, the great musician. Uh, Machine Gun Kelly, a big-time rapper right now. He's really popular. Um, uh, Phil Donahue was from here. Um, a couple of Saturday Night Live stars, uh, Vanessa Bear. Um, and then the big one we're always very proud of is one of the greats, Paul Newman, came right from Cleveland uh, in the Shaker Heights area close to downtown. So he's, I think, our, our – uh, we always we always uh, brag about Paul Newman and Bob Hope. <laughs> well, John, the, the great film, A Christmas Story, the classic, is set in Cleveland. Is the home open to visitors? Yeah, it's, um, you know, I think that movie came out in the, you know, maybe early 80s, but um, the the house that it was filmed at is in our Tremont neighborhood in Cleveland, and it's open, um, you know, almost year-round for people to come and get to see cool things from the from the movie. So I've been there, taking my kids. It's a fun little day, and, you know, it's a rite of passage here in Cleveland. you got to watch that uh, around the holidays or else. Mm-hmm. Well, Cleveland is famous for its pierogi and Polish boys. Could you explain what those are and where our listeners can get them? Sure. The Polish boy is a uniquely Cleveland delicacy. It's it's a, like a, a sausage on a bun um, kind of covered in French fries, uh, barbecue sauce, and, you know, kind of layered with coleslaw. And, uh, you know, it's... Uh, some people may think it may be a lot of food, or uh, but it, it's really tasty. And when you grow up with it, it's just one of those things. If you're from Cleveland, you love it. Um, some of the places, there's a great uh, local chef who went on to a big fame on Food Network. His name's Michael Simon on East 4th Street in downtown. You can you can get one of his Polish boys. But if you want to go deep, there's a, a, a mobile place called Seti's. That's the one that uh, real Clevelanders, people who live in the area, they're always hunting down where Seti's is because – they were the great Polish boy. And then um, you mentioned uh, pierogies. You know, it kind of comes out of uh, the tradition of Eastern Europe. It's it's a noodle dough filled with potato and cheese. Um, you can get pierogies around town at uh, pretty much a lot of places, but there's a, a town very close to Cleveland called Parma, and they're known for their pierogies, the Little Polish Tavern. Uh, there's a new one on uh, West 29th in downtown, near downtown Cleveland, called the Jukebox that uh, just amazing places to get pierogies, but it's, they're so popular you can find them everywhere. You just got to hunt down the good ones. <laughs> well, Cleveland has a rich history of taverns. Gunselman's Tavern immediately comes to mind as a treasure since 1936. What are some other hidden gems for folks who want a great burger and a brew? Oh, yeah, Gunselman's is uh, just a fantastic. They're right outside the city. Um, you know, the oldest uh, pub in, in, in the city is from 1895, still going in operations called the, uh, the Harbor Inn. Uh, there's another great, uh, another great place called the Hoax Cafe, um, name dropping Babe Ruth. He, he drank there just in town, too, when he used to come and play in town. Uh, there's another old Irish place called the Flat Iron Cafe. Um, there's Mary Arts Bar and Grill. Um, that's pretty famous around town. They have a lot of great burgers. And Tom Hanks, uh, the great uh, actor who's a big uh, baseball Cleveland uh, aficionado, he used to go there for uh, their uh, their tacos. So <laughs> they always uh, champion that. So a lot of great, great, amazing places. The Happy Dog in our West 65th neighborhood has great burgers and hot dogs. So, uh, yeah, it's a real food town. And in the last 20 years, I've seen an explosion of amazing chefs come to town. 
And Rosie's Wine House in Lakewood isn't very far either. Where else can venophiles go? Oh, geez, there's so many places. It's it's uh it's amazing, you know, like how I've seen the city change to uh, really embrace, uh, you know, beer and wine. And now the new thing is non-alcoholic drinks are popping up. And the places, there's a place called in the inner city right by League Park. It's called Chateau Huff. I think a lot of people don't know about that. It's an inner city, but they have a wonderful uh, plot of, you know, beautiful land there. And there's the Mark, Market Avenue Wine Bar near the uh, historic West Side Market where you can get wonderful food from, you know, just tons and tons of vendors. Uh, so, yeah, you, uh, another thing around Cleveland, you wouldn't think wine, but you can, you can just um, go to each neighborhood and there's a little secret spot just waiting for you to sample the goods. We're talking with John Skurdick about Cleveland. John, at Travel Rich Radio, we love train excursions, and we hear the boomerang line, Australian Adventures train ride through Cleveland Metro Park's nationally acclaimed zoo is fun for all ages. Are there any other railroad attractions our listeners should also know about? Yeah, the zoo is great. Um, I will say that there's a wonderful organization in town called the Cuyahoga Valley Scenic Railroad, and uh, it's a tourist um, place where you can have an excursion and they renovate historic rail cars i love going there and you know being a librarian i've done a lot of research on trains over the years and i love talking to the the men and women who worked in the the railroad industry and they they come down and they look at old maps and uh, the b&o railroads so we are very proud at the library to have wonderful railroad history and uh you know, just some of the best people doing some amazing research. And, uh, it, you know, Cleveland's a big uh, railroad town, right? And the beacon of our city is the Terminal Tower, and right behind there was uh, miles and miles of railroads um, built by the Van Swergen brothers, uh, who really kind of took the town to the next level, uh, you know, in the early 20s. And we were uh, a big railroad town. So, yeah, if you're, if you're into railroads, Cleveland is a great spot. And every summer I'm part of a thing called Cleveland history days where we do uh, a lot of railroad history events. And we've got to mention the light rail. Tell us about the light rail system. Yeah, that's it, it's just a, another example a lot of people don't know about that you can just kind of get on and, you know, um, people do research on that. And I always think, oh, I, I, I hope more people write books on the light rail and, uh, you know, um, just being able to experience it and having like public transportation throughout the history, you know, a lot of people do old subway research that we used to have and light rail and railroad. So, yeah, just just amazing things to, to learn about research. And I love that it's uh, being preserved by so many people and have, a, have a, an affinity for the history of what other people built. And we hear Superman is coming to town this weekend. What's that all about? Oh, yeah, we're getting ready. I'll be, uh, you know, um, welcoming a lot of people in the town. So um, we're very proud of our Superman history. We've done a lot of great exhibits at our library. And we tell the story of two uh, kids from our Glenville neighborhood, these two young men, uh, two young um, Jewish kids from uh, our Glenville neighborhood invented Superman, you know, and it's a wonderful tool to bring in the kids and say, these kids dreamed big in their neighborhood and they invented this superhero that's now spanned 85 years we're going to be celebrating this weekend, starting uh, Friday night. A lot of authors, the uh, um, the uh, the creator, his daughter will be in town talking about her father and his links to Cleveland and what it meant to 
him to be born here. And we're going to be at a couple uh, local synagogues. We're going to be at the Cleveland Cinematheque showing Superman 2. So a full suite of fun Superman stuff all weekend for families. What are some of the other family-friendly attractions that Cleveland has to offer? Oh, geez. I, I think October is one of those uh, super, uh, super fun months because everyone kind of gets into, uh, you know, the pumpkins and the trick-or-treating. We have uh, just this month, just uh, thinking out loud, there's going to be uh, corn mazes, apple picking. Every week in Cleveland there's a fall festival that invites families in. And, you know, you can get your hot chocolate, your cider. And um, in the metro parks you have uh, wonderful walks and runs. Um, all throughout the city, and then every weekend at the Cleveland Public Library, we invite families in to do special programming, whether it be live music or maybe a scavenger hunt or, um, uh, you know, like this week will be Superman, but next week we might do something on baseball, then we might do a chess tournament for kids. So it's uh, there's always great stuff for families to have an adventure, and the good thing is it's free. (laughs) What are some of the many – Oh, I'm sorry. Winterfest sounds like a wonderful way to celebrate the holiday season. When is it, and what can visitors experience? Um, so that's a, a, an annual event that takes place in downtown Cleveland. That'll be right around the Thanksgiving holiday. It's um, Saturday, November 25th, um, and uh, we do, like, caroling downtown. There's trolley rides, uh, live music, pop-up shops. Uh, the big thing is the unveiling of the downtown light displays, and kids love that. We do fireworks at night, and it's, it's just great for a lot of the inner city kids. They're like, "Wow, horse horse drawn carriages!" You just, you know, getting a, we we subsidize it at the library to have kids have their first horse ride. So I always love seeing, uh, you know, people come down and get to have a little adventure uh, that they might not in their neighborhood. So that's the great thing about, uh, you know, that Winterfest is it's just a fun time for families to get to walk around, feel safe, and get to get to enjoy a, a special day. And, John, since you and I are both into baseball, where did that ridiculous nickname Guardians come from? <laughs> so that, <laughs> yeah, there's so many names. Their, their logo should be like a baby carriage. <laughs> yeah, well, Bob, Hope, Bob Hope, there is a tie-in to the Guardians. Bob Hope's uh, father worked on the uh, the, the Guardians, uh, the transportation bridge. You'll see, uh, we're named after sort of like these uh, um, on the west, right right by the stadium. You'll see a huge, wonderful, beautiful bridge, and you'll see the Guardians of Transportation. So, uh, some people love it, some people hate it. As a librarian, I say, oh, here's the information you decide. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's that's a good diplomatic answer. This is Travel Witch Radio with Dan Schlossberg and Mary Ellen Nugent. Lee, we're talking with John Skurdick about Cleveland. John, the Cleveland Institute of Arts Cinematique is one of the country's best repertory movie theaters, according to the New York Times. Since 1986, the Alternative Film Theater has been showing classic, foreign, and independent films 50 weekends of the year. Can you tell us some more? Oh, yeah, that's, besides the library, I probably spent more time of my life in those Cinematech seats. <laughs> it's, uh, I'm a big big film fan, and uh, it's something we're really proud of in this city because uh, we show sort of the classics, the horror films. It's, it's a place where uh, the director's name is John Ewing. Unfortunately, he's about to retire after four decades, and he has brought more wonderful art and film to our city than anywhere across the country. He's known as a leader 
and we're sad to see him go, but we're so proud of what he built. This place is uh, in the city, and, uh, you know, many filmmakers uh, have went on to, you know, make their own uh, directorial debuts, and then they thank John because they, you know, you saw some of the French New Wave, you saw some of the uh, classics that there's no way to see. Now everything's streaming, but the Cinematheque would bring the goods, and you'd see it up on the silver screen, and uh, there's nothing like it. It's uh, it's it's a Cleveland institution. So uh, I'm I'm always happy that uh, we have this 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 place to see. Uh, they just did Lawrence of Arabia. I missed it, but I would love to see that on the you know uh, up on the screen in the splendor. Mm. And we have to mention the International Women's Air and Space Museum. It isn't just a quiet little museum by the airport. It's the only museum representing women in all fields of aviation and aerospace. Why is this a must-see attraction, not just for women? You know, it is a, it, it is a small place right by um, our local airport. Uh, it's Burke downtown. And it's, it's kind of a, a hidden little treasure where we often tell people to go. And it, it's amazing to tell the story of these women aviatrix that, that you know, it's funny, I – I dragged my daughter there when she was younger. She's like, I don't want to go, Dad. And then she got there. She's like, oh, my gosh, this is kind of cool. So it was really, uh, you know, kind of enliven her to see what these women kind of went through to get to the top of the heap and uh, really amazing stories. And then it even goes as far as, you know, some of the Sally Ride, and they talk about, the, you know, some people went on to fly in space. So just a great timeline of what people did and you know we have a great aviation history as well as our railroad in town and we had the air races and they they hit it all at that museum it's a wonderful little stop if you're visiting and and if you're an airplane uh, aficionado that's that's a must stop Mm. we're talking all things cleveland with john skurdick john our listeners would love to hear about your monthly stand-up gig at the flats featuring old photos in the cleveland public library's collection Sounds intriguing. Tell us more. Yeah. So what what happened is uh, every day um, uh, online, on Twitter, on Instagram, and Facebook, I take uh, from our many items because I oversee the collections of the library. I take all these things I've been saving for. You know, I've been or I've been there over thirty years, and I put it online and uh, history photos. And I go out into the neighborhoods, and I every day I I take pictures of Clevelanders for a historic archive. I also work for our local Cleveland magazine. I have a monthly column that highlights Clevelanders. And uh, a lot of people like it and look forward every morning what I'm going to post. And uh, we decided to take it to the flats and do a monthly show where a local comedian and I get up on stage. I sent him some images. I said, don't tell me what you're going to put. We put it up to the audience, and we show the history of really rare, fun images and then we kind of tell the story of what's behind the image, the history, and we do a little riff on it. We've been very excited. People really like it. And um, it's just a really fun night uh, to come downtown Cleveland and get not only a history lesson, but have a couple beers and enjoy yourself. Okay, our time is winding down, but I've got to mention the USS Cod, the submarine responsible for the sinking of more than 30,000 tons of Japanese shipping during World War II. Now it's a National Historic Landmark and among the finest submarine restorations in the world. What's that like? Oh, that's a beautiful big ship. You know, just uh, it's the cool thing. You see the mass scale. I think I think that thing went out for seven missions, missions during World War II or more, and it's just, uh, you know, just to be able to walk on something, you feel the history of, like, something that kind of changed the world and 
took on sort of the evil forces. And I love telling the story. And, like, it's now just a great museum that's down, uh, you know, right on the harbor of Cleveland. So you walk down there, you can go get a meal, and then get to see this amazing piece of history that's been preserved. I think it was decommissioned maybe in the 50s, you know, after the war. But we're really lucky to have it. I, I, I always – people come into the library every day and say, hey, what should I see? And, and uh, I always say, you got to check that thing out because it's a real beauty. Okay. Got to move on. If Travel with Radio listeners want to get more information about Cleveland, how do they do that? Well, you can go on to cpl.org. That's clevelandpubliclibrary.org. We're always updating what's going on in town and the wonderful things that are around you and get to learn a little bit about your town and do a little deeper dive of research. Our guest tonight has been John Skirted, Chief of Special Projects and Collections at Cleveland Public Library. Thanks, John, for being our guest on Travel Itch Radio. Thanks for having me. Next I really week, loved it. Next week, same time, same station, we'll talk about the Mount Washington Cog Railway in New Hampshire and what the plans are for their off-season. Our guest will be Sue Presby, co-owner of that railway. Now, this is Dan Schlossberg, along with Mary Ellen Nugent-Lee, saying thank you for your time this time. Until next time, good night and stay safe.